0: All right, everyone bow your heads and pray with me. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you that even in ruins we have joy in you. Thank you that we can just rejoice in you and all that you do in our lives. And I pray that we would just be able to show that out to all the world around us and that we would never forget the joy that we have for you. And I pray that we would just pray, we would just live for you and we would praise you throughout all of our days. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, are are y'all ready? Yes, we are in the book of First Peter is correct, mundo. and First Peter was written by Peter, one of the 12, not doctors, one of the 12 apostles, very good, is something falling behind me, or the microphone, was that that boom, boom, that I heard? I just heard, I saw people going, what's going on, and I knew... You're so excited to see me without uh, hair on my lip. that you, That's what you were probably talking about. Uh, <clears throat> some, some have asked me, why did I shave the awesome mustache I had from last week? If you aren't here, I'm sorry you missed it. It was a 24-hour spe- spe- special that I ran. Uh, but sometime in the middle of the night, my wife attacked me and shaved it off. I was sleeping through it. Uh, almost got my eyebrows. Uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a scene. Uh, so, uh, that is gone, and, and may it rest in peace, because I did look really good in it, right? Oh, yeah. You know what's funny is, guys were going like, dude, you should have kept that, man. That was awesome. Girls are like going, I'm not allowed to talk to you, you know? I mean, and I'm like, you're my daughter, and she's like, no. And so, <clears throat> so got a little weird. Um, uh, the book of First Peter, who, did the, it, who was the book written to? Who? Who? Christians, yeah. And are they all in, in Rome or in Jerusalem? They're scattered, right? They're scattered. And a theme of this book is, is what, if we can put one word, what was the one word we sort of shared last week and the week before, a theme for this book? That they were enduring what? Persecution. Persecution. A lot of this book is written on how how, how do you endure persecution? And all he's been writing about this the, the this first part of the first chap, chapter is is our hope we have in Christ our hope we have in Christ. And He keeps pointing back to that, and as we finish the first chap 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 chapter out, I say a lot of chaps in there so it'll stick to you. Uh, uh, as we finish it out, we're going to see something he's going to talk about here. It's our it's our hope in Christ because he's saying if you don't uh, you don't have a baseline of your hope in Christ. You're never going to endure or make it through uh, times of persecution, and and we think we understand what it's like to be persecuted. And to a a a, a level, some 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 of us might might can feel it some, but I don't think we feel it near the weight of what they felt. Or believers around the world, uh, as we've talked about the, ch- the churches. There's churches in in China, uh, uh, in at, at Africa as well uh, that are just in bad shape. Okay, I've got an e- exercise for us. I've got a list right here, and I meant to grab a pen. I need a. Here it is. Uh, I've got a list right here of of twenty everyday sins. Just everyday sins uh, that you would go. Oh, yeah, I think this is this is a sin. Twenty of them. I want to see if y'all can name off. Just see which ones y'all name off. So, what are some everyday sins? lying that was number one on my list what what else we got stealing, stealing yes thieving yes good lust, lust that is here disrespect. disrespect y'all have nailed four of my words exactly disobedience, disobedience right by disrespect on my list worrying. worrying i don't have that one but that's a good one pride, pride comes before the fall right not forgiving. What would we call that in one word? Being a jerk? Okay, go ahead. Right? Gossip. Gossip. I know no one in this room has ever done that because we we're above that, right? Bianca. Coveting. Coveting. And that just means this. I, I want that. I want that. Uh, cheating. cheating. Uh, right there. Cheating is on the list. Idolizing. Idolizing. Yeah. I, idolatry. Slaw, ooh, that's a great word, isn't it? That's what I always like to tell my friends that you are such a sloth. They love it. Let's go right now. Yelling. What? Yelling. Yelling. Like in anger, right? Because I think if we're like, go, Jaguars! you sit up! So it has to do with, with an, an, anger. Um, good. What's that? Selfishness. Very good. What else we got? Hurting someone, inflicting pain, unless they deserve. No, no, inflicting pain usually, most of the time, it will 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 be a sin. I agree. Gluttony. gluttony. I I don't want to talk about gluttony right now. Uh, right here. Profanity. profanity. Profan profanity. Okay. What else we got? Van, vanity. That means I'm so amazing. Uh, and well, I might be. I shouldn't act like I am, with the mustache. With the mustache. Yes, thank you. Okay, so that, that that was a fantastic list of sins. It's sort of that's an oxymoron. You don't want to call sin. Anyways, uh, some more that I had were uh, je- jealousy, envy, which is ke- coveting. That that goes along. Uh, uh, hate, dis, dis- disrespect, uh, and. and those are all, there's two types of sins. Sins of commission, that means sins you commit, right? And then sins of omission. Those are things that God tells you to do that we don't, we don't do. Okay, and we really didn't, didn't really share off. One is that, have you ever had God speak to you and really felt, man, you've been, been trying to live your life out in faith, and there's someone there, and there's a chance to talk about him and you and you don't take it, and you feel pressed to do it, and you just bail? Do you think that's a, a sin? When we don't, don't follow the commands of God in our life, if we never witness, is that a sin? It sort of is. We sort of don't like to admit it. When we don't go to God in prayer as often as we should, and if we really thought about it, do we go often enough? Is that a sin? Okay, so part of my point here is, uh, when we are or have a chance to give and we don't give, Andre, you got something? Not all those are everyday sins. That's right. Not all those are everyday sins, but they can. Why do they call it everyday, sins? Well, we don't do it everyday? Well, I think for some people it doesn't mean everybody does it every day, but some people may deal with this most days. Not everybody deals with all these, because mean, if we dealt with all these, we'd be in bad shape. But do we deal with a lot of these? each day. When you hear lift, you're like, eh, <laughs> eh, and you sort of duck. Um, <clears throat> so let's say this. Do you th- uh, how many times a day does the average person sin? Hmm. Question. How many? Just throw out a number. Somebody just give me a number. 500, 500 times a day. I'm with your, your sister. Okay. How many, what's our name? How much sand in a handful. Like handful. 127,264 grains, right? Yeah. Uh, a lot. Okay, would we all all agree it's more than we care, than we like? Even in our own, if we look at our own life, do you go, no, I think I'm a pretty good amount of sin, it's not too bad. No, we, it's, it's always more. So let's just say that average amount of times was five times a day. You're like, ooh, gosh, that would be that. That'd be a pretty good day, right? Now that's w- the way. You now, because sin, sometimes we think, well, I didn't do this. I didn't steal something. I didn't cheat on this test. I didn't really lie out loud. But how much pride comes within our minds? How much envy comes into our minds? How much hatred comes into our minds? Or lust that they don't. The world doesn't see, but we have in us, right? So I'm being very nice with, with five, right? If we do five. So if you sin five times a day, in one year, you sin one thousand eight hundred and twenty-six times. That's okay, that, that's just saying a very conservative, and I believe I don't know most people or anybody who would only be five times a day if we, we did all those sins. If you live to be 70 years old, do you understand that's sinning 127,820 times in in your lifetime, if you, if you live to be 70 years old and you only sin five times a day. Is that a lot of sin? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because some people talk about, man, well, I think I'm better, I, I do enough good things to make up for the bad things. How many good things would that take if we just thought about it on this scope? If that's the way it worked, do you think you do five good things a day? You, do, you do you take out the trash without being asked or do someone else's chores without being asked or give money? Do you five times a day? Because I, I believe this. I believe we sin much more than five times a day. I don't think we can really put a count on it, but I think it's, it's much more than this. And if you were to add up how many times we sin in a lifetime, millions is probably the number we run into somewhere in that scheme of things. And sometimes the world says, oh, well, if you're just a little better, if you just do good stuff, you can make up for it. Do we understand how bad we are? Do do, 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 do y'all agree we're pretty bad? How in the world does God even give us a chance? This is what blows my mind when I read the Word of God, and I read about the Son of God who gave His life for me and even for you. When I read about that, I go, man, why? How could He forgive me? How could He give me that many chances or opportunities? So, we're going to stand together. We're going to read some of our main text. Yeah, Andre, you've got a question. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. That's the question of the hour, but that's a great, cool question. So, 1 Peter chapter, chapter 1, we're going to begin in verse 17 and read to verse 23. And this is what it says, And if you call on Him as Father who did Judges impartially according to each one's deeds. Conduct yourself with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways and inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made... of God. Let's pray one more time tonight. Dear God, we thank you so much for your Word, just the chance just to talk about things that give you honor and glory. And Lord, I just ask that you will move in this place. And as we talk about things that may be familiar to us, Lord, make them fresh in our lives. May we be real uh, when we we look at our sin compared to your greatness. And God, may we live a life that's grateful and thankful. Uh, May we honor you, uh, because of how much you love us and have given to us. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, verse 17. So, if you call on on, on, on Him as Father, this is God. If you call on God as, as Father, He is your God, and it says, who judges impartially. That means He doesn't have favorites. He looks at what you have done, and he will judge that. And we just looked at a five cent a day, uh, 1,826 cents a year, 127,820 cents in a lifetime. God is going to judge that according to one's deeds. And this is what he says to him conduct yourself with fear throughout the time of your exile. I think it is a good thing to have a fear of God. Do you understand that he created? this world. He created you and me, and we sometimes live in it like we, we own it, and it's all ours, and it, we, we are owed it, and we deserve this stuff. When we live an entitled type of life, all of a sudden, we, come, we become little g-gods. We go, you got, you're got you not important, God. I'm important enough, and folks should want to serve me and do what I want, and that, that, that's what we begin to do. So he says, hey, you know what? You need to have a fear of God. God is real. He made us with a plan. And I don't think you'd be like, there might be times in your life you need to be that way, but there's an awe and a respectful fear that we need to have. And so we're going to key in verses 18 and following here. And this is what it says. Knowing that you are ransomed from the the, 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 the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with Perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without spot or blemish. The word ransomed there, I want to key in on that word. Last question, Andre. Okay, we can deny that if you move your mouse over into that screen. Take it all the way over that way. There you go, go down. Oh, try that right there. Does it work? No. It's on the TV. Is it going to... Who's trying to connect to my TV? Who is it? Okay. All right. Anyways, okay. Solved it. Whatever. Quit connecting to TV. Put your phones down. So I was saying the word ransomed in the Greek. You ready to learn Greek, Greek tonight? No. Now, I've got it for the screen here. Noah, throw it on the screen. It's a Greek word named "lutro." Lutro is this word that means to ran- ransom. I mean, it's a word that's used here, and it's very important we understand what that means. What is it when someone's been ransomed? What would you, How would you define that? Okay, I want money for this or that. You're you're on the very good right track of that. It's when you set someone free in exchange for money. Okay, when or, you, or goods or something is used to set somebody free, right? Someone's held captive against their will, and they're being set free. The The, the Greek that is, is written there actually says uh, to purchase release by paying a ransom. So when that word is by itself, it means to purchase release by pay, paying a ransom. And the Greeks who, who would have seen this word would have thought paying money back to, to, to buying a prisoner of war. When they've gone to war and they fought and some have lost, they would they would hold some 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 guys that they've caught and they would pay money a ransom to get them back, so that's what they would have 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 thought of that 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 they are bought back they're held against their will, and they cannot get there on their own, so they're being bought back okay this is what Easter's about when I was trying to work through this text and go, man, how am I going going to preach this and I, was, I read through this text I don't know about you, but I'd read it like eighteen times, and all of a sudden some things really be- it became clear to me. Because I was like, I don't even know where to start with this. Maybe I should just skip this and start with chapter 2, verse 1. And and finally I came back to it and I was like, ah, oh, Easter. This is why we should get geared up about Easter. Not just for this weekend, but for next weekend and the next one. Why? Because if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have been bought back. You have been redeemed. Not with gold or silver, but with the precious blood of Christ. And he says it's like a spotless lamb or a, uh, without, it's like a lamb without spot or blemish. How much is a lamb without spot Spot. That's a good, without spot or blemish worth. Anybody like see one on the street on the way here? Like some signs say, lambs, $18. Right? Do you think it's worth a lot or little? You know, they, what, they, what this meant was, hey, the best lamb that you have, the best of your flock, the best that you can get, the very fi- finest one, the one that's worth the most, that's the one that you're going to use. And when the Jews heard this story, they would turn to Exodus chapter 12 in their minds. And this is the story of the Passover. Have you heard the story of the Passover? Where were they? What town were they in? Uh, or or country were they in for the Passover? Egypt, Egypt okay? So most, Moses has gone there and he's told the Pharaoh, let my people Pharaoh. and 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 Pharaoh has said no. oh y'all know this story so well, right? So he goes to him and, and he does the the Nile turns to what? Blood, Blood right? And so he says, okay, uh, fix it back, and then you can go. And he fixes it back, he says the Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he says, no, you can't go. And then there's another plague that comes, and then there's, there's gnats that come, and there's flies that come, and there's boils on the skin, and their livestock gets sick, and there's darkness for three days, and there's hail and fire coming from the sky. All these plagues, each time he goes, okay, okay, stop, okay, okay. And, and when it stops... He says, "No, you can't go." And they get to the last plague, and it's 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 the plague of the firstborn, death of the firstborn. And this is what it says in Exodus twelve verses five five through seven. Okay, and we've got it on the screen, I think. Right? It Says this. It says, "Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male." a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. So at this certain day, when dusk hits, you are all to kill your spotless lamb that's around a year old from either a goat or a sheep. And then it says this, and then they shall take some of the blood and put it on two doorpost and the lintel, the, the the top of the door of the house in which they eat. And he says, and once you do this, when you go to bed that night, the angel of God is going to go around in the houses that have this blood that is, is done over the doorpost, the angel of death is going to pass over that house. But if it doesn't have the blood, it's going to go into that house, it's going to take the life of the, of the firstborn son. And so it says that night there was a crying throughout, uh, throughout Egypt because all of these firstborn sons were killed except for those that had the blood that was on top of the doorpost. What's that a picture of? Okay, understand rent, r- rent, 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 a ransom. It's, it's, it's a, a price has been paid to buy something back. What price was paid that night in Egypt? Who paid the price? The firstborns did pay the price, but what of those homes that didn't have a firstborn die, what paid the price? The lamb, the lamb right? right? So there was a price that was paid in order to, to, to protect them. So they understood that this, this spotless, this lamb without blemish um, uh, was killed as a substitute, right? And so it was a picture of the cross and Christ. We're going to get back to there. Small note here, let me ask you something. So we understand that all, that, that, that all have sin and fallen short of what? Glory Very good. All have sin and fallen short of the glory, and the wages of sin is death. death. Okay, so if we all have sinned and the wages of sin is death, what's the gift of God? It's right, eternal life through who? Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ our Lord. So there's a, a gift of God, and so our substitute, what's paid the ransom for us, is Jesus Christ question it's got to be paid why because we sin right our sins have got to be paid for who is the ransom paid to so there's a ransom it even talked about here that must be paid who is that paid to Satan. Satan a lot of folks think that right but can I tell tell, tell, tell you this because I want to clear this up Satan has no power over this part of the deal the, the ransom is actually paid to God in a thing called justice. If you want to say what it's paid to, it's paid to justice. It's made to make that sin right again, but it's paid to this part of God that is just. Because He's not only a righteous God that does great things, but He's a just God that, that when there's wrong done, it must be paid for. It's, it, it, sin brings death, and it's got to be paid in some, some way. So it's not paid to Satan, but a lot of folks think that not of just youth, but a lot of adults have thought that, well, Satan has, he doesn't have half half power. We give him all the power that he has. He does not have the power. Uh, Psalm 49, 7 and 8, you don't have to turn there, but look at the screen. Once you see this great verse, for no man can ransom another or give to God the price of his life. For the ransom of their life is costly and can never suffice, that he should live on forever and never see the pit. Or never see death. That's what that that that's saying. So he should live on and never see death. So no man we cannot ransom r- rent, r- rent or save another man because what we can give is not enough to to take care of their their life. We're trying to actually we've got to pay our sins for our our own life. This is what it says in verse fifteen. It says, but God will rent. rent, rent ransom my soul from the power of shale, which is death, for he will receive me, or he will save me. God does the ransoming. Uh, Man can't save himself because the price is too great. Don't forget, even, and we would probably say a guy, a man that only sins, or a woman that only sins five times a day would probably be a very great and strong man or woman. Would you agree with that? And they said 1,826 times a year at that rate, 127,000 plus times in their lifetime. They need help. I mean, that sounds like it's it's way too much for for one man to take care of. That's why we we can't get there on our own. My favorite verse in Scripture is branded, and it is branded on my Bible right here on, on the front right there. If you see it, it's 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It deals with this ransom deal. This is is what it says. It says that he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. So he who knew no sin, that's Jesus, That's the only one, but became sin for us. And so there's a word here I'm going to use with you. I've never dreamt I would ever use this word teaching with youth or really with adults uh, and probably no youth group ever, has this, this, this taught, but I want to teach it tonight. Okay? Are you in? Yeah. Okay, it's the doctrine of imputation. Huh? Imputation. You need to use this word with, with uh, a pa, pa, past or Mike, and act like you really know it, um, like I try to. Um, and so what this is, and so everybody say imputation. Okay, say amputation. So what does it mean when you amputate something? You you, right? you, you cut it off. Uh, you you lose a finger, a leg. Imputation is 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 adding to or laying on top of. Okay. So the doctrine of imputation is 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 this: it's to impute on someone or or to place on them something they have not earned or do not deserve, okay? And this occurs on the cross. For he who knew no sin became sin for us. So he, uh, imputation, the doctrine is that that our sin and our guilt and God's wrath was laid on, on Jesus Christ on the cross. He did not earn it. He did not deserve it, but he took it all. And He imputed to us, or He gave to us His righteousness. His righteousness is that He calls you sons and daughters of God. You're adopted as that, and He gives you all rights as heirs thereunto. Eternal life and the whole shebang is yours. Is that fair? Does that sort of blow your mind a little Wait, Wait, He took all my sins? Even a, what we say, a good man, 127,820 of the sins and the guilt And the wrath that came on top of it, he took that. And what did he give you? Righteousness. A crown. The the sonship and daughter of of the king of kings. I mean, God himself. This is what he gives. That's the doctrine of imputation. Great, great truth there. Don't don't you think that's great? Some of y'all look like you're asleep. Verse 21, or 20, it says this. Once again... Peter's pointing us to the gospel. He says this, he, he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made ma- manifest in the last times for the, for, for the sake of you. So this is Jesus. Hey, he, he He came to earth for the sake of you, who through him, for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, only through this John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the, the truth. No man comes to the Father. What? By me, right? So so it was, it was uh, through him our believers of God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. There's an illustration, a story back in the early 1900s. There was an engineer who was on a three-story build site. And it was on the sca- sca- scaffolding. And uh, he was sort of a, the big wig guy there to inspect things. He sort of owned a lot of the bi- business and uh, as he was on the third story, he tripped and fell towards the ground. And the fall was so great, especially in that, that, that day and age, that, that it was surely going to be a fatal fall for this guy. On, on, the, on the ground was a day labor, laborer who looked up and heard the sounds as the man began to fall and, and noticed that the man was falling straight at him instead of trying to bolt out of the way the man on the ground br- braced himself to sort of help break the fall of this man who was surely going to die the man who fell three stories was very he had very mi- minor injuries but the man on the ground who took the blow was severely injured many bones broken throughout his body but he survived both men did the one man who fell from the the height survived came out great the guy on the ground survived, but he was severely disabled for the rest of his life. The, um, years li- later, a reporter asked the former construction lab- lab- laborer, the man on the ground, asked him, hey, how did the engineer treat you since the accident, since the fall? That handicapped man told the reporter, he gave me half of all he owns, including a share of his business. He's constantly concerned about my needs and never lets me want for anything. Almost every day he gives me some token of thanks or remembrance of of what occurred that that day. Oftentimes, believers are very unlike the engineer. Uh, We tend to forget that on Calvary there was a substitute who caught the full impact of our sin, we're hurtling down to hell. There's no chance for us to survive this. And instead of just letting us fall and Jesus stood in a place and He took the blow. You know That's what He did. I don't want you to miss what Easter is about. I know you come to this church, you may come to this church and go, man, we hear the gospel all the time but don't miss the majesty of the gospel. Don't miss the magic and the amazingness of the gospel and what Jesus really did. We were falling, and he saved us. And this is what it says, verse 22 and 23, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. This is, this is what it says, hey, did that all that text before, because you have been ransomed, because you have born again, because he took the blow for you, because he has done this, he has done, 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 do this, love one another. What can I do? Love one another. Where does that start? Right here. It actually starts at home. <laughs> yeah. Siblings and parents. That's the, that's the first stru- structure God calls for you to pr- practice your faith. It's at home. And it's the hardest place to do it. Why? Because we can sort of be real at home. We can be a jerk at home because we've had a bad day and we just let everything. Rest. A lot of uh, a lot of youth come into church and go, "Oh, hey, Pastor Dan, how are you doing today?" And the parents come past past you. You know, once you've gone past, they're like. My kid is smoking crack. I mean, they never act like this. Why do they only act like this in front of you? Because we want to look good at church, right? Yeah, yeah. Love one another. That means look out for each other. You know what that means as a youth group, how a youth group is supposed to act? Man, we include each other. We reach out to each other. We, we stick up for each other. We help each other. When words are being said about each other, we, we, we protect each other. We help to forgive and heal each other. We, 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 we've read so much in this. What, what has God done? You have been ransomed. You have been imputed with righteousness. You have been rescued from certain doom. So do take this teaching right here and go, I'm reminded of what God really did for me on the cross. And he says this, earnestly love one another. What does that mean? That means with with some zeal that's going to annoy somebody else so much because you're just, hey, you're just not being real because you're just being way too loving and nice. Earnestly, man, just just be that person that can drive someone crazy because they're like, are you for real? Yeah, I'm for real. There was a pastor that I had, uh, the church my wife and I met at, and this guy had a smile like this big. And I remember I went to church the first week, and I went, dude, this guy cannot be f- for real. And he was just happy and just 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 friendly and warm and welcome. And we knew him. I haven't seen him in probably 15 years, but uh, for 15 years I saw him, and he was always that way. Man, just loved earnestly. Peep- you know, Can we do that? You, youth are... What's sad is adults are the same way in a lot of ways. So when I... I I don't know if they. It's always been like this because I've not been an adult for a real long time, just for a couple of years maybe. And um, but, but we're we're so in, insecure about what what do they think of me? What if the, they don't think I'm good enough? What if, I got to do this to fit in? We're we get so and adults are doing the same thing nowadays. But but we we're, we're living lives so insecure. What if we just live lives and we just loved earnestly wherever we went, and 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 don't do it without without meaning. Why do we love that thing? Because we were ransomed. We were redeemed with righteousness. That's why we love earnestly. Can we sort of go, hey, that's going to be my goal this week? Even just make it go for a week. it great goal to have. Easter, right now to edge next week. I'm just going to try to love people around me because Christ has loved me so much. Right? You good? Let's pray and we're going to be dismissed. Dear God, I thank you so much for the cross. I thank you... Uh, God, you've done so much, and you've ransomed us, you've rescued us. And, uh, God, may we be a people uh, who love earnestly, who love well. Lord, when our insecurities rise up, Lord, may we just bust through them and just continue to love, to protect, to reach out, to include. And all the while, let's give, give you glory. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.